Greetings, lovelies. Welcome back to another episode of Technically a Conversation. Here, we take turns sharing something new and interesting that we've learned, and we share it with each other. Hopefully, you'll find it interesting, too. I am one half of your hosts, Isela. Joining me, as always, is the ever-creative Jose. How are you, Jose? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Doing pretty well now that I'm back and my travel adventures are gone. They're behind me. Are you a little depressed that Halloween is over? I'm very depressed, actually. I feel like it's always in your heart, though. Luckily, I've got a ton of podcasts to edit, so that kind of helps to distract me a little bit. Yes. You can be very much like Rose and Jack from Titanic. Don't ever let go, Jack. Don't ever <laughs> let go. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and start it off with a couple of items that we want to do some housekeeping on. So the first thing, we still have the very cool competition going on where you get to send us in a screenshot of one of your reviews. It doesn't matter where. And uh, you can send it into our Gmail, any of our social medias, if you find us there. At Greetings TAC on all of them. All of them. And uh, of course, the people that know us personally, they can always reach out that way as well. And if you send us a screenshot, we will pull from the pool of people. And you could possibly win your very first Technically a Conversation t-shirt. That's right. They're not on the market yet, people. So you're going to have a very rare commodity. They're super sexy. All your family and friends will envy you. Yes, you will be the envy of the town. And the other item I definitely wanted to, uh, and I meant to bring it up last time too, so shame on me, but we do have a new super friend, the Genster, my favorite Buffalonian, probably yours as well. <laughs> definitely my favorite Buffalonian. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, the Genster. Thank you so much for listening, Genster. Yeah. So we're going to dive on into it right after Halloween comes a pretty cool holiday. You're a good guesser. And I think that this holiday deserves some better clarification. So we're going to talk about that. Do you want to take a guess on which holiday that is? I think if I were to say Thanksgiving, that would be too uh, obvious. So I'm assuming you're going to pick something else, something different. It is something different. Oh, I know. You probably do. Dia de los Muertos. Ding, 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 ding. Such a good guesser. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, you always get the bells. I always get the buzzes. <laughs> it's very unfair. <laughs> so what we're going to be talking about in this particular one is really the origins of this Day of the Dead or Dia de los Muertos, as it's also known as. Why the skulls are always, you know, around this holiday. And also, what's up with the neat paper that's cut out into these fancy designs. Then the second half of our conversation we're going to learn about the other cultures that celebrate something very similar to this holiday. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. Let's dive on in to Mexico. Mexico celebrates this Day of the Dead holiday, which, despite its name, is actually not in any way sad or creepy. So let's dive into the history of Dia de los Muertos. I got my swimming trunks ready. Yo-yo. 3,000 years ago, amongst the Aztec Toltec and Mayans, death was actually not viewed the same as we view it today in most Western cultures. We're going to kick it off with fun fact number one. Did you know that Dia de los Muertos was not always celebrated on November 1st? I did not know that. I didn't either until this research. It was originally celebrated in the summer months. We can thank the Spanish that colonized Mexico 
in the 16th century. They brought over their Catholicism and it influenced, well, pretty much everything, right? But it also influenced when this holiday was celebrated. They said, now you're going to have to align it to All Saints Day. Boom. That's when that happens. So what items have to be present in order to celebrate Dia de los Muertos? You have to have an ofrenda. The literal translation is an offering. But in this particular case, it's more like an altar. There are some essentials for the altars, and we're going to go through them. First item, of course, the tombstone has to be freshly dusted and cleaned. It's usually adorned with flowers, marigolds strung together. And in fact, marigolds are known as flor de muerto, which translates to flower of the dead. So, Jose, have you ever seen these marigolds? I have. Did you get a chance to smell them? I have not, no. Do they smell like death? They smell like ass. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. No, they really don't. They have a really strong scent, though. And the reason why they use those is because of the particularly strong scent, because it's meant to guide the spirits back to the land of the living. Pretty interesting. I thought it was to mask the smell of death. <laughs> Hopefully you're not smelling that in the cemeteries. <laughs> Something's very wrong. Also on the tombstones are candles that are nicely lit, pitchers of water for the dead. Interestingly, it's said that the spirits are going to be thirsty after their long journey back to the land of the living. The favorite foods should also be present of, you know, your deceased relative or your loved one. And finally, papel picado, which is really thin, thin paper, and it's richly adorned with these really fancy cutout patterns. And they're also tied on a string and kind of just makes the whole scene very festive. All of these are actually meant to signify all the elements. And this was also something I didn't know. So fire, earth, wind, water. Fire is represented by the candles. Water by the pitchers of water. Wind is actually represented by the papel picado, which is why they make it so super thin and it flaps in the wind. And earth, of course, is represented by all the tasty goodies that these loved ones enjoyed. Other items that you'll find on the ofrenda are photos and perhaps some of their favorite things or toys. Pan de muerto, which translates to bread of the dead. That rhymes. And I like <laughs> limes. <laughs> so bread of the dead is just basically sweetened bread. It's nothing fancy. There's no icing. I want to say it's probably something similar to the bread of Subway. <laughs> Since that's pretty sweet. <laughs> Another item that's always associated with the Day of the Dead is skulls, also known as calaveras. So what's really been going on with these skulls? They've been a symbol for Aztecs to honor the dead since back in this Mesoamerican time. And skulls on an altar also go back to this prehistoric times in Mesoamerica. And they were really a symbol of human sacrifice to the gods of the underworld. So quick pause there. Doesn't that sound like some true life Indiana Jones shit? It does a little. Right? Gods of the Underworld? That sounds super metal, like you would say. <laughs> it does sound very metal. You want a band. I know you want to start a band, and it's going to be called that. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but yeah, it does sound very metal. Damn it. All right. I thought I knew you. Who are you? <laughs> Dang it. Yes. I can't, not even on my own episode can I escape the buzzer. <laughs> Just kidding. In these sacrificial times, to the gods of the underworld, and actually the god of the underworld had its name, Zompantli, 
So hopefully I'm saying that right. Of course, they had these weird Aztec names were famous for having like the TLI and the TL all close together. Anyways, these skulls were presented on a wooden rack and kind of meant to honor the gods of the underworld. And they had skulls on it that were prisoners of war. These skulls also were painted with what they thought the god of the underworld looked like. So a lot of these sugar skulls are also beautifully adorned still today for that same reason. After the Spanish invasion, the sacrifices did stop, thankfully. (laughs) But the sugar skulls and the celebration of the Day of the Dead did remain. So that explains our confectionery sugar skulls. Uh, Let's briefly discuss the drawings of the calaveras. It's very common that you see these skeletons and they're depicted with doing things that the living would do. They'd be wearing hats or they're dancing or they're doing some type of activity that we would normally be doing. These drawings simply are just another way to acknowledge how life is truly sacred. One of the first illustrators of these calaveras, José Guadalupe Posada, and it goes back to 1910. His most famous one is called La Calavera Catarina. And again, In 1947, a mural was made by probably one of the most famous Mexican artists. Um, You and I both happen to like him. Do you want to guess who? Diego Rivera. There you go. Ding, 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 ding. You should give yourself a buzzer, just so we can even it out. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, 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 I'm just kidding. So Diego Rivera, Frida Kahlo's husband, painted Dream of Sunday Afternoon. He used basically that same Catarina and he put it in this really big mural. And after that, we just clung on to this skeleton or these skeleton drawings. So it's really a day to reunite you with your beloved ones, your family members. And of course, what happens when loved ones come into town that you haven't seen in a year? One typically makes their favorite dish or they give them their favorite drink. Um, The whole family comes together to see the visiting relative. It's actually a really tender event because the whole family gathers around in a celebration of the deceased family member. They're recalling funny stories or memories around the tombstone. It's really just a beautiful way to keep them alive in your heart. Have you been to any of the celebrations? I have not. Yeah, I haven't either, but I kind of feel like I'm missing out. Me too. But I feel like that's not as popular here in the border region. I feel like Once you go further into the interior of Mexico, that's when it really becomes like a major event. And I think here, since we have Halloween, that kind of overshadows that a little bit. I would agree with that. So this is probably a good time to cut to a commercial break. And then when we return, we can learn about the other cultures who also celebrate a similar holiday. Mm. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Digital Wave, Digital Wave. All your online service song, Digital Wave. Find out what's got all our customers singing. We offer a comprehensive online suite to meet all your needs. 128-bit encrypted email, check. A fast, secure web browser, check. Database software for your business, check. Protection from ransomware, check. Digital Wave, Digital Wave. All your online service song, Digital Wave. One terabyte of backup and online storage, check. End-to-end encrypted messaging, check. Web hosting and domain registration, check. Malware and virus protection, check. Day-to-day life is hard enough already. Let us take the hassle out of your online presence. 
We take your privacy very seriously and never sell your information to any third parties or advertisers. Sign up for a free trial and see why our customers are singing. Diddle wave, diddle wave. All your online service song, diddle wave. Welcome back. How was your break? Did you make any sugar skulls? <laughs> I did not. I was actually thinking we should have hosted our website on Digital Wave. I'm so dumb, but we chose Google because it's easy. They are pretty awesome. So right now we don't want to shit on them. <laughs> Just like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. How was your break, Isela? I'm sorry. That was very rude of me. It's okay. My break was, it was what it was. I was just hanging out, rereading what I'm going to cover, jamming to the digital way. I saw you getting down in that song. I was. I was like doing the sprinkler. Mm, mm, mm. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a good thing this is not on YouTube. That's all I'm going to say, folks. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so diving back into our topic, some of the other countries that do celebrate Dia de los Muertos of course, all the other Latin countries, El Salvador, Ecuador, Honduras, Venezuela, et cetera, et cetera. But you'd also be surprised to hear that Poland, Czech Republic, Hungary, Bulgaria, Slovakia, Finland, Sweden, Italy, Croatia, Lithuania, Romania, and other European countries also celebrate but what they call All Souls Day. So we have All Saints Day. They have all souls day. As you guessed it, our super friend listeners are probably very smart, as are you. It was all due to Catholicism that was spread into all these other countries. Outside of this, what other countries celebrate something similar, but not exactly like that? This information comes from a great National Geographic article. I'm sure we'll link to the show notes. I do recommend you really visit this one because the pictures of the festivals that I'm about to get into are really cool to see. Japanese celebrate Oban during late summer, where they light lanterns and they float them down rivers, or they'll just kind of light them along the streets. Sometimes we'll even hang them outside their front door. These lanterns are also meant to guide spirits home, similar to, you know, the scent of the marigold. And Oban is also known as Bon for short. This Japanese Buddhist festival is where they believe that the living are visited by the dead, these dead loved ones, of course. The festival has joyous dancing, family reunions, and is marked mostly by these lanterns. So it's really marked by light. So it also sounds like a really joyous festival. When you were saying that, it kind of reminded me of, um, I think it's on the Karate Kid too, where they have that thing where they put the little lanterns in the water. Yes, that's exactly what I thought too. China celebrates something with a really cool name festival of the hungry ghost hell yeah that sounds super metal too that's what i thought i love food and life i would imagine that i'm gonna love food and death in fact tiramisu is pretty much heaven in my mouth period <laughs> this is celebrated during the seventh lunar month where these aimless spirits they start to surface from the lower realm and they start to wander the streets they can also wreak some havoc unless you appease them with food, books, paper money. It's all burned in a sacrifice to calm the hungry ghosts. Whereas before, it was kind of like this joyous reunion, happy-go-lucky time. This really sounds like we're going to give them all these things 
just to calm them down, which I thought was kind of an interesting take. The burning usually takes place on the 15th night. On this day, from what I understand, is you want to wear red to ward off the spiritual possessions that could take place. (laughs) Sounds creepy. These spirits not only demand food, but they also demand to be entertained. So they do have musical celebrations that take place. Let's travel north and south, Korea. Here they celebrate Chuseok on the 14th day of the 8th lunar month. Chuseok translates to autumn evening. This is celebrated by several different faiths. So I love knowing that this type of celebration transcends any organized religion. And it's really more about honoring their loved ones and their ancestors. During this holiday, a couple of things are practiced. Bulcho and Sungmyo, hopefully I pronounce that right, (laughs) which involves tending to the graves, just like the Mexican holiday. You dust it, food is also offered, meat is also offered, rice, their favorite drink. The belief here is that ancestors will visit for four generations. Let's head on over to the Middle East. Also, another multi-faith celebration. It's called the Thursday of the Dead. This takes place in the early morning when the deceased are honored with a visit to the grave at dawn. Similar to the other celebrations, there's food offerings are also present. Heading on over to India, they celebrate Pitru Paksha, also known as Shraddha, which is observed by those of the Hindu faith. The interesting thing about this one is the festivals in this celebrations are divided into different ways. For example, it could be how they passed. Did they pass in a violent death? The others, they're celebrated also in um, those who are close to, close in relationship to those who have passed. They have like subdivisions of the celebrations. And the way they celebrate is through abstinence, pure thoughts, and pilgrimage. They're usually observed at this time of the month, which is usually September. Last stop on this uh, death celebration train, if you can call it that, (laughs) is Nigeria. They celebrate Awuru Odo Festival. The tribe of the Igbo people celebrate this every two years in April. It's believed that the spirits arrive sometime between September and November, but they stay as long as six months. And that's when they depart in April. There is a really big festival for their departure. There's masked actors, and they reenact the story of the deceased that are visiting the living and the anguish of their departure. This usually takes place on some type of market square stage. The interesting thing about this particular festival I found was that many celebrations are carried out in secret. So those who are not privy enough to know the celebrations and when they're going on for these particular deceased loved ones they are just going to be responsible for making enough food for those who are celebrating. It's a good strategy. Yeah. I know you're very science-driven, so I don't expect you to believe in any of these in particular, but I would like to know what your thoughts are on why you think so many countries have very similar celebrations. I think it's just the desire to want to remember and celebrate their loved ones that have passed on. It's a universal desire to want to remember your loved ones. I'm probably wrong, but that's my guess. Yeah, I think so too. I think we are all so attached to someone who has passed that this is almost like a way of keeping them alive in some way or another. 
by celebrating them. Celebrating them, I think, is always great. Telling their stories is always fantastic. Yeah, I think this is just how we want to keep them alive, whether they're truly visiting or not. Of course, there's no way we could ever tell. But it, it kind of does remind me of a similar episode that I did recently, which was the kind of life after life or past lives, whatever you want to call it, where so many cultures believe in it. You have Egyptians that believe, you know, they were going to be able to go into this afterlife. And they, in fact, they were buried in all their jewelry because they believed they could take it with them. Buddhists also believed in this. I wonder when we stopped believing. And does this signal the end of perhaps these types of festivals? I think they're always going to go on. Future generations will continue them. But I think you are right. I think that they're not celebrated as much as they used to be. I think just because of the type of jobs that we have now. Back in the day, people were hunters and gatherers. And when that was your job, there was a lot of waiting. There was a lot of sitting around waiting for crops to to um, grow. Yeah, to grow. I was going to say to be born, but yeah, that didn't, that didn't sound right. <laughs> or, uh, you know, you're waiting for like an animal that you hit with a spear or with an arrow for it to die or whatever. So there was a lot of just people just sitting around. And I think that they would recount these stories to pass the time. And now most people are working in offices. There's not as much downtime as there used to be before. Yeah, I think you're you're right. I think jobs have become more demanding for sure. I do agree with that statement. I also think that it's this push for empirical data and science-driven that has kind of started edging out a lot of those beliefs too. I wish that was true, but then you hear the people like, uh, well, before I get the vaccine, I'm going to do my own research. And then they go on <laughs> Yahoo groups or, or, or what is it, Facebook groups and Yahoo answers to do their research instead of going to empirical websites that are run by scientists. You know, they go on to these QAnon, whatever sponsored places. I don't want to say that we're regressing, but I think that there's the two type of people there. There are the ones that look for empirical data and there's the ones that are looking for confirmation bias, that they're looking for their beliefs to be justified. For sure. I think those people always exist. Hopefully when it comes to vaccinations, people are looking, I mean, it is all about science. So hopefully they're really looking at cold, hard facts from reputable sources, which is the most important thing. There's a really great quote from Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson that says something to the effect of whether you believe in it or not, science. Oh, what is that? What is that? <laughs> Do you know it? Yes. He says the difference between science and religion is that science exists whether you believe in it or not. The quote that I had read didn't talk about religion. Oh, sorry. No, no, <laughs> no, no, but it's, but it's very, very, like it's 90% correct. Um, it's the good thing about science is that it's true whether you believe in it or not. Very similar. 90%. 95% good. My last question is, on your ofrenda, things that you've loved while you were living, what kind of goodies would you want your family and loved ones to, to leave on your tombstone? Definitely cigarettes. Really? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I still got to buy a pack of cigarettes for you. <laughs> And support that fucking company. Yeah, I know. And I haven't smoked cigarettes in like six years. I don't know. It's a good question. I never really thought about it. You know what I would leave for you? Those cookies, those Asian cookies. Oh, those are delicious. Those are so good. I agree. I think I would want gancitos. I'd probably want those cookie cracker things. Sushi, maybe ramen, pad thai. A super hoppy IPA. <gasps> Not the hoppy ones. 
No, it has to be hoppy. For you, yes. If it doesn't make you sneeze, it's not worth drinking. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, definitely an IPA. Maybe maybe not like the super hoppy ones, but yeah. Maybe some In-N-Out burgers? Mm, for you, yeah. I would do the animal style fries all day. And the extra spread, oh, that extra spread. What about a Big Belly burger? If it's not an In-N-Out, it has to be a Big Belly burger. Big Belly would be good because that's our sponsors, of course. It's delicious and nutritious. Well, I don't know about that part, but it's delicious. <laughs> With the chocorific, híjole. We got a whole list going on on the ofrenda now. Hopefully our, our family and loved ones are listening. <laughs> so congratulations, lovelies. You've done it again, folks. You've learned something brand new this week. And hopefully this is going to make for another interesting small talk around the water cooler. It'll make for an interesting talk in the Microsoft Teams or Zoom meeting. Oh, this is true. It's going <laughs> to make new small talk, which is also small chat. Is that really a thing? I guess it is now. I like to call them small Zooms. Small Mini Zooms. <laughs> mini Zooms. So thank you for joining us again in another conversation. And we hope you join us again next week. If you like our show, please tell a friend, leave a review, and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, at GreetingsTAC. Or you can email us at GreetingsTAC at gmail.com. Or leave us a voicemail. We want to hear from you at 915 915- 317-6669 if you have a story to share with us. We're also on Facebook at Greetings TAC. <gasps> Facebook, our newest edition. 